You've led us both to this point. Holy Spirit, come and work amongst us now as we come to you. Amen. Sarah and the huge worship band that we have before us today are going to be leading us in a time of worship now. Thank you, Sarah. Welcome, welcome. Um, We're going to start with um, Blessed Be Your Name. So if you are able, um, would you like to stand and we will worship together. Blessed be your name, 
Lord, I just thank you for your presence among us. I pray your Holy Spirit comes and moves among us. I pray that we might hear your voice. I thank you that we are able to worship you. Worship you, a loving God who loves us so much. We're going to sing Be Thou My Vision.
We're going to sing a song that you may or may not um, know, but it's easy to pick up. It's called I'm So Blessed. And we're starting at verse one. incredibly blessed we've been without a minister for four years and it has been a really hard time which included in it covid so you can imagine that it has been a really tricky time and we feel so blessed to be welcoming Andy and his family and to have you all with us today to be welcoming um, them into our church family properly um can we take a moment and and say out some words of thankfulness and praise for god
And we're going to sing one more song. We're going to sing um, Goodness of God.
seat. Knew it was going to be trouble having the Ballon Posse here this afternoon. Uh, thank you. Worship isn't all about volume, but man, that was big noise. Thank you, people. It was great. Um, uh, I'd uh, like to welcome up Neil Letizier. Neil Letizier is one of our regional ministers uh, here for Alton, um, and uh, he, he, he has gone above and beyond in looking after us over the last four years. Uh, I think we've caused him far more trouble than uh, either of us were expecting, uh, but uh, uh, Neil, we're just so very grateful for all you've done for us over the last four years. Neil. Good afternoon, and I am so grateful for uh, God's goodness, uh, as, as all of us are, because God has been leading us, guiding us, looking after us, whatever bit of the journey we've all been on. And today is a wonderful celebration, isn't it, of the goodness of God. Thank you for leading us in our worship so wonderfully. A great start. So, uh, what are we here to do now by way of induction? Well, we have gathered to induct a new minister, ND, to work with the community of Christ here at Alton Baptist Church. We come to affirm our belief that as this church and minister have explored the possibilities of life together, they have been brought to this mutual commitment through the movement and calling of God's Spirit. Today we have come to witness the covenant which this church and this minister are making with each other to walk together as people of Christ. So let us hear from the churches and from ND as they share with us something of this story of God's guidance. Firstly, Steve Rouse is going to bring to us the story from the perspective of Balaam Baptist. Then John will pick up that story on behalf of Alton, and then N.D. will draw it all together with his, his personal reflections on how that story has unfolded. So, firstly to you, Steve. Good afternoon, everyone. It's great to be with you. Uh, thank you so much to Alton Baptist Church for your welcome. For receiving, I apologize for the Ballon Poster. Oh, I don't know why, but... <laughs> I've been with them 26 years. I can't control them. They're unruly. This is the reason Andy left. We... I'll hand on to John. Thank you very much. No, no. <laughs> we haven't come to take you back. We haven't come to take you back. Uh, Andy came to our church community, um, you know, from Nigeria to uh, Balaam when he was 19 years old. And uh, I've shared this story with our own church and uh, Andy's ordination, but when he, he came to us, um, and I think even still when you meet Andy, he can come across as quite an introverted, shy guy in many ways. And I remember the first time he sat with us in my study at the church, he, he barely said a word, and when he left, and, and it would be similar to today, there was a pool of sweat kind of left behind. See. But today's not that about your ordination, it's about your induction and thinking about your call into ministry. And I think throughout your life, and I'll say a little bit more when I speak later on about this, but there's been a sense of this call upon your life. And we as a church community represented here today would very much affirm that. Um, 
I think with Endy, however, having said that, I mean, Endy's skills, as probably Alton know already, Endy is a, he's a really gifted preacher, a really gifted preacher. His Nigerian formation has served him well. I love the way and have felt inspired by the way in which he will always illustrate the Bible with the Bible and so on. But my concern, and some of us at Balaam in terms of the leadership, our concern would have been for Endy in terms of other aspects of ministry. Many ministers are introverts, and you have this challenge of standing before people, of meeting with people and so on, and uh, Andy's own family will know that early days, Andy would generally be found in the kitchen at parties. He's not one for kind of being at the center of things. But the thing I noticed with Andy's formation, and I think God has been doing this in Andy, not just through our church community, but through coming to London, and living in a place where you meet the raw reality of life every day, through your work uh, developing in and being an accountant, and, and yes, in our church community too, and some of the things that we've tr- sought to work through. And in, I think in all of that, God has formed and molded and, and, and shaped you as a person. And from our perspective, I think the thing that, um, that I would say from our perspective in our story is that Andy has given himself to, to every challenge that he's faced in terms of his own formation and the way in which he's developed. And, uh, and that's been something that I think has been wonderful to watch. And from our perspective, really affirms this sense of call in his life. When Andy was coming towards the end of his training, he trained with us, uh, was a student minister with us, so worked part-time with us and was at the college as well. And uh, yes, as Shay kind of expressed, there may have been a sense in which we as a church were wondering, could it be that Andy would take on the leadership of our church? We knew that our other minister, Jim, and his wife were moving out to Australia, which they're doing soon. And we wondered whether Andy and Emma might stay with us. And then Andy started searching, and he started talking about Alton Baptist Church, and we started to panic. Um, <laughs> but there came a time simply to say when, when we knew that this was the right thing, the right thing for Endy and for Emma, for Asher and for Joshi, as well as for us as a church community. And uh, from our perspective, we absolutely affirm both your sense of call and particularly today, this significant moment as Alton Baptist Church induct you as their minister after four years of waiting Like for Manchester United, when Alex Ferguson came, (laughs) the Messiah has come. (laughs) Their expectations are so low, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Having said that, uh, you think that the folk from Ballam came today on the coach to support Andy, but uh, as we said at his ordination, Alton, if you don't take care of him, we come in looking for you. (laughs) So please look after him. It may take you about 20 years to try and describe to anybody else Andy's name. Um, every time I tell somebody who he is, they'll say, Andy, Andy, Andy. Well, I bet you've been called Andy so many times. But Andy, from our perspective, it's great to be with you today. Great to share this moment with you. And, and uh, we, we affirm Andy to you. Thank you. And so, yeah, from Alton's perspective, we nearly lost ND before we started. (laughs) 
Now, the, the Baptist Union approach to this ministerial matchmaking uh, involves introducing candidates in a code. <laughs> Initials followed by a number. So, um, perhaps not that complex, you might think, but in any case, ND was introduced to us as NE01. So far, so good, you might think. Um, but as we read the profile and undertook a little bit of uh, elementary research, the name of the church was usually a bit of a giveaway, um, <laughs> we soon located NE1 as ND. Again, not, not too complex, you might think. But the BU share four kind of profiles, four codes, at the same time. And one, one of the other four belong, belong to, let us say, somebody uh, such as Nav Davis. Now, don't worry, Neil, um, anonymity is preserved. Uh, but the important point is that they were ND01. You're ahead of me, aren't you? So we had ND, known as NE01, and then we had ND, known as ND01. Are you with me? <laughs> so when we got further news from Neil's office to say that ND had pulled out, then the potential for crossed wires soon materialized, and it took a number of texts between Paul and me, Paul and, and Martin, Paul and others, me and others, to find out that, in fact, it was NE. No, ND. <laughs> Just for effect. Uh, it was ND01 that had withdrawn, and that ND, known as NE01, was still with us. So thank goodness we got that clear. <laughs> Even today. Um, because when we met ND for the first time, we knew, or rather we hoped, that he was the one, the ND one, known as NE01. And so from that administratively complex and confused start, um, we, uh, our joint pursuit of clarity as to whether God was calling us to share our paths. We've been bowled over by ND's wise and thoughtful and caring approach to ministry. But, but it's more than that. His fresh, distinctive, and still biblical approach to exploring um, perspectives on church, discipleship, combining work with meaningful church life, engaging with those at the edges of the churches and, and the more knotty issues that we as a, a, across the whole Baptist church face, it kind of made the hairs on the back of our necks stand up. Once we got over his choice of football team, <laughs> well, well, nearly, we were increasingly confirmed in our sense that we were being called towards rather than away from each other. When we recognised his gentle heart, his commitment to getting to know us as individuals. And then seeing him with Emma, Asher, and Joshi, we became increasingly excited at the prospect of the Equates living with us. And then we had our church meeting to decide whether to make the call. It was in this room, not as many of us as today, uh, that we shared our excitement and that sense of privilege of being ND's post-ordination church. It was this room uh, that we had an acute sense of God's purposes in bringing ND, Emma, Asher, and Joshi to live with us. It was this room in which we had a powerful sense of God's anointing of our time together. This room where we looked for areas of concern and found none. Yet. <laughs> and finally and critically in this room we expressed our unanimous yes when it came to the vote 
Uh, no abstentions, no dissensions. It was the unanimous yes. And so uh, we're delighted, Endia, Emma, Asher, and Joshi, um, that you're becoming part of us. We are grateful to Balam for not kidnapping either of the boys. <laughs> and we are on our guard this afternoon. We take very seriously, believe us, we take very seriously the responsibilities we have uh, to and for them uh, and those that we share with them and with God. We can't wait to journey with them and to live out the unanimous yes. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, John. What can I say? What can I say? Should I just say amen and go back to my thing? <laughs> I think, yeah, when we got to the point, I remember praying about getting to this space of settlement, this big, scary place of what next after college. And it was after the first time we had come down to Alton and met with the leaders and met with a few of the members, and we were... We were back in London, and, and I said to Emma, I said to her, I said, it's very risky to say what I'm about to say because I haven't heard anything back from Alton, and they could call back and say, yeah, not for us. So I said, it's very risky to say what I'm about to say, but I really feel like God is in this. I really feel like God is in this. And I think... What I'm so, I'm grateful for three things. I'm grateful for God's guidance because it was so, you know, in the scriptures it tells us that God will guide and God will lead and God will let us know which way to turn. And sometimes it can just feel like words on paper. But in this journey, it was so true at every turn with Alton that at every space, God was saying, this is where I'm drawing you to. And it was, I didn't have to toil or struggle to know what God was saying. I remember Lisa said to us, before we came for our preach with a peep, um, a friend of mine said that her, her son mistakenly called it a preach with a poop. But I think that's... <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, and, and Lisa said to me, she said, when you go, you will know. She said, you'll know. The moment you get in there, you will know whether that's where God is calling you to be or whether it's not. And it was like, okay, Lisa. Um, but it was, it was exactly that. We knew the moment that we came in, I think for Emma and I, we both knew. And which leads me to the second thing I'm grateful for, because the moment that we knew as we drove back, I was like, oh no, I am going to have to break up with Balaam. How, <laughs> how is that going to go? And so I am so grateful for my Balaam family, who have invested so much in my life for over 20 years. You know, I'm so grateful for the love that you have shown to us. But I think in this instance, I'm also so grateful for the graciousness 
that you showed when we said that God was calling us elsewhere. I'm grateful for your kindness and your love. And yes, that you haven't attempted to kidnap anyone. But I'm grateful even that that is a consideration because <laughs> it, it reflects the love that you have for us. And I think that if Balaam had made it difficult, even though there was a strong sense of conviction, it would have been harder. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to Steve and Lisa and Jim, who, even though he's not here, because you guys made it easy for us to also just listen to where God was leading us. So I'm really grateful to Balaam. And last but definitely not least, I'm so grateful to our new family here, Alton. Because one of the reasons why when we came, we knew was because of your love, your kindness, even though you didn't know us. I mean, we could have been weirdos, you know, but <laughs> the loving way that you received us and continue to receive us, the way that you have made Alton feel like home for us. You know, when God works, he chooses to walk through us. And God definitely walked through you to let me know where home was next. So I'm so grateful. And I look forward to what God will do together with us. So thank you. Amen. Fantastic. Let's just pray. Lord God, we do just thank you. Thank you for the way that you've woven these stories together. Thank you for bringing um, Andy amongst us. Lord, yeah, we're just so very grateful. As, as we said, after, after four years, um, uh, to have a minister is just fantastic. But to have such a super good one is just that extra blessing. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you are of primary age or think you can get away with looking... Okay. <laughs> right. Um, in a little while, if you're of primary age, you might uh, get out. In the meantime, please don't start any fires or anything like that. Um, okay. Um, we, uh, uh, Steve's going to come and speak to us in a minute. Um, uh, but before we do that, uh, let's just have a reading. Um, uh, the reading's taken from uh, 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. 
Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shamar pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Let me pray for Steve as he comes up. Lord God, thank you again for Steve, for his ministry over the years, for his ministry in um, uh, ND's life. Lord, we just ask that you would uh, speak through him now, that we'd hear your words as he speaks. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Does it work if I take this out? Can I? Is that? It doesn't get angry. There we go. It's good to be with you today, and it's weird. There are a number of connections, as there often are within Baptist Church life. It's great to reconnect with Neil. Uh, Neil and I were not in the same batch at Spurgeon's College, but in the same year. And if you look at our heads, Andy, this although this is what can happen, but. Uh, it's great, to, it's great to reconnect with Neil. You as a church, Alton, are planted, I understand, by Shirley Baptist Church um, some years ago now. And uh, Paul Campion, I think Paul's here. Where are you, Paul? Are you, Paul's at the back there. Paul uh, was connecting, was minister at Ballon Baptist Church at one stage. Obviously, recent minister at Shirley Baptist Church. And there's a connection there. Matt Wilson, uh, also Matt now, the minister at Shirley Baptist Church. Matt and I were at college together. Really good friends. Just had reconnected again recently. I'm preaching at Matt's church next year. Uh, connection there. I was even on your website reading about your connection with Chaplaincy Plus. Are you still connected with that organization in Birmingham? And through my work with LICC, I've uh, sometimes met up with a guy called Steve Bavington, who's been part of Chaplaincy Plus. And... Uh, and so there's a lot of little connections, and it's really good to be with you today. However, I know how these things can be, like in terms of who's in the room. So it'd be great to know who Alton Baptist Church are. And I wonder whether it's not impolite to just ask you maybe if you'd stand, if you're part of this church community, so the rest of us can see who Alton Baptist Church are. There you go. There they are. They're a real front of the room, back of the room crowd, aren't they? They're like, it's like, thank you very much. That's brilliant. Just brilliant to be able to, to, to see you. 
I was looking as you can do nowadays, you can kind of stalk people and uh, I was just looking on the website really, nothing, nothing more than that. Um, and uh, was really interested in a particular paragraph from the website. Now Paul's looking worried, he's like, what does it say on there? But I loved how on there it talked about your vision as a church. The church, the church community is like a base camp. And it says on the website, in the base camp we are refreshed and equipped through our worship, through meeting together, and support for one another. And then it says, then we are ready to explore the places where we already live and work to see how we can be sharing Jesus' love with those we know and meet there. Oh, it's like music to my ears, working for LICC. We're all about where the church finds yourselves in those ordinary everyday life places. Before I say just a few words to Andy, just something on that. According to C.S. Lewis, the church, he said, doesn't exist to grow in buildings, in budgets, and in butts. That's in seats on pews. It doesn't exist to prove that Christianity is cool, credible, or naturally attractive. It exists to make people into little Christs. That's the purpose of the church. That was a quote shared by a lady called Caitlin Beatty in an article for Premier Christian Magazine about how celebrity culture has invaded the church. Many churches want a celebrity. They want that person who will be amazing in all the answers to their prayers. They want that person. And we're in that kind of culture today. Uh, and we have to be wary of that. There's a sense in which today, therefore, it's not just Andy's induction. It's Alton Baptist Church's induction. It's your induction as a church community into this next chapter of your story in this particular place. I was trying to imagine, and it was kind of reinforced by the idea that four years we've been waiting. It feels like, it feels like there's the tension of the lineup of a 100 meters final in the Olympics or something. Like everyone's like, the expectation as we're ready to go, the expectations of one another are very high. There's the ones that you as a church may have of Endy and of Emma. Although I have to say it was great to see you coming in with flowers, having to find the water like a good minister's wife. <laughs> should be doing. There may be expectations you have of Asher and of Joshi. My wife Lisa is uh, a PK, as they say, a preacher's kid, and uh, we know all too well uh, the pressures that can be upon the unrealistic expectations that can be upon our children. And then there may be the expectations, ND, that you have of Alton Baptist Church, that they will attend everything that you plan. And by be transformed by every message that you preach. We can have very high expectations. I found this a bit old, but this little ditty about the perfect pastor. It says that the perfect pastor preaches for exactly 10 minutes. He works from 8 a.m. in the morning until midnight and is also the church caretaker. The perfect pastor makes 250 pounds a week, wears good clothes, drives a good car, buys good books and donates 200 pounds a week to the church. <laughs> he is 40 years old 
and has 60 years' experience. Above all, he is handsome. Well, okay. The perfect pastor has a burning desire to work with teenagers, and he spends most of his time with the senior citizens. He smiles all the time with a straight face because he has a sense of humor that keeps him seriously dedicated to the church. He makes 15 home visits a day and is always in his office on hand when needed. The perfect pastor never misses the meeting of any church organization and is always busy evangelizing the unchurched. If your pastor does not measure up, it says simply send this notice to six other churches that, you, uh, that are tired of their pastor too. Then bundle up your pastor and send him to the church at the top of the list. If everyone cooperates in one week, you will receive 1,643 pastors. And one of them should be perfect. And then as these things always do in the last line. Have faith in this letter. One church broke the chain and got its old pastor back <laughs> in less than three months. I said that celebrity culture is invading the church and we have to be careful of that. But um, we sometimes put our pastors on a pedestal. But first and foremost, and you need to never forget this and neither should your church. First and foremost, you are a disciple. You are one disciple amongst many who's been called to, uh, to do this kind of work. And your work is no more important than any of the work that Alton Baptist Church, you guys do as parents, as teachers, as accountants, as builders, as business owners, whatever it is that you do. And I don't know why we don't do induction services for each of us. But having said that, there is a little celebrity in Andy that wants to break out. He says that he's laid it to rest, but the folk of Balaam know differently. Andy has always wanted to be a pop star. He's, it's true. And he will break out in song at any given opportunity. He, has he done it already in a sermon? He has! Oh my word! No! One service. Well, he's, he's warming you up. One service. It'll be in sermons, it'll be in prayers, even when he's giving the notices. <laughs> if there's an opportunity to break out in song, he will. Therefore, it should be no surprise to us that Andy, one of Andy's favorite biblical characters is the character of David that we heard about earlier on. Writer of 73 of the 150 Psalms in the middle of the Bible. Classics like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Or Psalm 8, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars. Psalm 18, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. Psalm 31, which end you might need in a few years' time. Lord, how my enemies have increased. <laughs> many are rising up against me. Many are saying that I am not saved. Anyway, David, like all of us, had, I'm going to move this mic because every time I look at you, as good looking as that mic is, David, like any leader in any situation, had to learn humility uh, and had to learn what it meant to serve and sacrifice in the work that he does for God. And so for you today, but really I thought about this later in the week, that for Alton Baptist Church in some ways, I had three gifts for you today. 
that I hope as you go on into your work here might help you to remember, particularly on those days when you're thinking, what on earth have we done? I hope they will remind you of God's calling upon your life. The first is this shepherd's crook, which we'll give to you today. Now, don't use it to beat the kids with. I mean, it's this shepherd's staff or it's this shepherd's crook. This, in the life of David, it represents both the work that he did and the place, therefore, where God prepared him to do this work of becoming the king. And it represents that for you as well. When I think of how God has prepared you, I think about the way in which God has prepared you, like I said earlier, in all the different places and spaces that he's had you, whether that's in that work context, whether it was in uh, you moving to this country and the challenges that you faced, then all those different places. And this is true for each of us. But when David becomes king, he doesn't stop facing the lions and the bears that he faced when he was a shepherd. They just look different. But he knew the skill of how to deal with them. He knew how to be in those situations. He didn't stop leading and planning for the well-being of others as he had done for those sheep. He knew as a good shepherd to go ahead and prepare the way. He knew those sheep so well that he knew where to lead them when they needed to be watered or fed. It's just that now it was a, a, a nation of people. And so whether it's you thinking today on your induction or whether it's any of us here today represented, God would always say to us, what is it that you have in your hands? It was that shepherd's crook, which for David represented his identity and his income and his influence. And God would say to him, would you, would you lay that down for me that I might be able to use you in the work that you're going into? What is it that we have in our hands? God will have used the various different trials and challenges and experiences that each of us has had to shape our lives and prepare us for what he calls each of us to next, which will be true for you, but true for each of us. And God says to Samuel, as he gets ready to select one of Jesse's sons, and people, they sniggered at it, don't judge by his appearance. Thank goodness for that, eh? Don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at our hearts, or the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Although when Samuel records that day's events, it's interesting, because God says to him, don't look at the appearance. But when Samuel writes it later on, and in my version, it's interesting because it says this. If you notice later on in the text, as he sees uh, David, he says, he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Does that sound familiar, Emma? Yeah. <laughs> dark, handsome, and beautiful eyes. So he does look at the appearance. But it was his heart. It was his heart that God was most concerned about. Luke wrote about it in the book of Acts. He said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. And then it says, he will do everything I want him to do. There was something about David's heart's desire to do everything that God 
wanted him to do. David, as we'll come to see and we'll know, was an imperfect man. But his heart was postured, no matter what, to serving God. There's an old song by a guy called Ray Bolts, and, it, uh, and the title of it seemed, it seemed good to weave in one or two songs today. Ray Bolts sings a song called, When Others See a Shepherd Boy, God Sees a King. And one of the verses says this, But when others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king. Even though your life seems filled with ordinary things, in just a moment he can touch you and everything will change. When others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king. When others see a builder, God sees a priest. When others see just a mom or just a dad, God sees a priest. When others see just a young student, God sees a priest. God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but God looks at our hearts. And no matter who we are or what we do, he has a plan for us where we are. Andy, God has shaped you through boarding school, through family experience, through coming to Britain, through training in accountancy, student minister at Balham. And we at Balham know it's not your good looks, <laughs> though you are good looking, but you have a heart to do whatever God wants you to do. Never lose that. And may that shepherd staff remind you of that. The second uh, gift that I have you, for you today is this pot of smooth stones. There are five of them. I'm going to do that classic thing that preachers do, pretend that there were three points, and then, and then, and then make five out of one of them. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get through it. Five smooth stones, which hopefully immediately at least remind you, Andy, of another significant moment uh, in David's life. Obviously symbolic of that moment when David slays the giant of Goliath. When there's a giant in front of us, somebody said, God knows that there's a David inside of us. When there's a giant in front of us, God knows that there's a David inside of us. David and Goliath have become part of popular culture, even if people don't know the story. Most of us in life and in sports like to support the David, and others support Manchester United, even though they're from <laughs> London. <laughs> the text says this, Goliath was a giant compared to any of the Israelite soldiers. Indeed, he was over nine feet in height and wore a protective coat of mail that weighed over 168 pounds. Every day, Goliath would call a challenge to the Israelite army to send out a representative, a champion soldier, to meet him in the valley and there fight to determine which side would win the war. His challenge was the same every day for 40 days. Our giants, the giants we face, the giants you will face in this work, I guarantee you, will sometimes stand up before you every day and try and taunt you into the battle. How did David fight this battle? How did he do it? Every day in our lives, that same giant might stand up and say, who are you? You call yourself a Christian? 
You call yourself a minister. Who do you think you are coming out to do this job? Who do you think you are thinking that you can make a difference for God where you are? And you get that inner voice constantly taunting. How does David defeat this nine-foot giant? He goes down to the river. He would have done that countless times before when facing giants in his everyday life. He went down to the river and he selected five smooth stones. I imagine that David had had taken out a lion or taken out a bear and he knew exactly, exactly what he was looking for and what he needed to defeat his giant. And so he goes to the river and he picks out five stones and he knew that one of them would be able to take out Goliath. Now, I know this is a terrible thing to do in preaching, but I'm going to do it anyway, because we're not told this. But it made me wonder, what are, what are five smooth stones that you would pick out as you go in to do the work that you are going to do? The first I thought about was the smooth stone of faith. Faith in God. You, you have a God, and you know this, you have a God who has already beaten the giants. You have a God who, who's already won the victory. You have a God who's, who's bigger than, than any nine-foot giant that we might face. And there'll be days when, when you doubt it, but you need to make sure that you do your best to, to put your faith in him. You know from the stories with the disciples that faith is not something that just happens. Faith is something you have to deliberately put into action. And there'll be days when Jesus says to you, like he did to the disciples, Andy, on this day, when they are driving you nuts or when the job is hard or whatever, he'll say, Andy, where's your faith? Put it into action. The smooth stone of faith and also the smooth stone of Obedience. I could only fit the word obey on there, but anyway, obedience. The smooth stone of obedience. David was in the right place at the right time because he obeyed his father. If David had not obeyed his father, Israel would have been under siege for a lot longer. Andy, in your daily life as a minister, seek to try and posture yourself towards being obedient to God. It's also the smooth stone of service, to serve. As David went to meet Goliath, he had a prayer in his, uh, not he had a prayer in his heart, David was, um, knew that God, the God he served was going to give him the victory that, that day. David said to Saul this, he said, let no man's heart fail because of him, because of Goliath. He said, your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And as you go into this work, and again, it's no different for any of us as we go out to serve God each day. But as you go, go with that attitude that is, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm willing with a towel over my arm to serve these people that they might become the little Christs that you want them to be. The smooth stone of service. There's also the smooth stone of prayer. To pray. As David went to meet Goliath, he had a prayer in his heart. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. 
Now, Andy and Alton might know this of you already, but we know of you. One of the things that we all admire about you and, and your family do too is you're a man of prayer. You have overcome giants on many occasions through picking up this stone. You know it well. But I'm sure as you go into the work as a minister, it'll still be a smooth stone that you need to go down to the river to get, to pray and to trust that God will meet you at your point of need. And then that fifth stone, the smooth stone of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The gift of God's Spirit. The final smooth stone that David picked up was the stone of the Holy Spirit. He not only had faith, not only was obedient, not only performed as a servant and prayed, but had the Spirit of the Lord with him. Because of his faith and because of his obedience and service and prayer, the text says that the Lord was with him. It sounds like the most obvious thing. And you will say it to the folk of Alton Baptist probably a number of times in your messages when you remind them of one of the great promises of God that when we go into those various places that we are each day, God is with us. But there'll be days when, like David, you need to go down to the river and pick up the stone once again and remind yourself of it. Five smooth stones that David picked up to slay his giant. And I hope maybe you will uh, take those out each day. As you remember, the things that you'll need in order to be a minister. I've got one last gift. I think it's in my bag, actually. Now, I've given you the gift of the shepherd's crook and the gift of five smooth stones. But I think this gift maybe maybe more important, more significant, more symbolic than, than either of those. It's Michael Bublé's um, <laughs> To Be Loved album. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. This stuff can get you into trouble. I mean, some of the hits that are on here... That you, you know, it's a beautiful day to love somebody. You make me feel so young. I can hear you singing these all over the place. But you, this sort of music can get you into trouble. You've got at least two examples of how Michael Bublé's music can get you into trouble. This guy's songs are so smooth. You want to be like him, right? In terms of the way you sing? I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Why not? But this stuff is dangerous. This stuff will catch you off guard on occasions if you're not careful. Seriously, we know that David, David was a king, but we know as well that he was a fragile, fallen man. And we know that one of the big events of his life was his affair with Bathsheba. I didn't mention this psalm in David's list of greatest hits, but I think the psalm that I have returned to myself as a minister on numerous occasions would be Psalm 51. Psalm 51, if you don't know it, is the one where David pours out to God in light of how he's fallen in his relationship with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. And these words, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence 
or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Andy, I don't think I'll ever forget, and I don't think I've ever told anybody else this, but I always remember, I think it was one of the first days you stood with us in our church in my office when you were starting as a student minister. And you came up to see me, and within moments you were, you were crying. I remember what you said. I can't remember exact words, but you said something like, I can't do this. Almost like I'm too flawed. Well, I don't know about the other ministers here, but hashtag me too. (laughs) Me too. I'm broken. I fail. I get seriously tempted. I'm flawed. But as with perhaps another of your biblical heroes, Paul, I am what I am, but by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. Dallas Willard was once asked by a pastor, how can I encourage discipleship in my church? And Dallas Willard answered, organize your life so that you are experiencing maximum joy, contentment and confidence in God in your everyday life. The pastor said, Dallas, I wasn't asking for myself, I was asking for my church. And so Dallas said, oh, I'll answer for your church. Organize your life so that you are experiencing maximum joy, contentment, and confidence in God in your everyday life. As we organize our lives with the inspiration of the Spirit, so that we experience God's joy, His contentment, and confidence in Him, it will change you, and it will connect you to Christ. And what what will become most attractive about you, not just to Alton Baptist Church, but to Asher and to Josh as you disciple them, to Emma as the person that God has put under your care, as you do those things, that will start to make little Christs of them. Endy, be a man's own heart. Treasure that one. I don't think we even knew. I'd trouble getting hold of a CD. (laughs) Andy, one of the things we love about you, and this is not just true of you, but true of us as well, is that you already are a man after God's own heart. We see that in you. And our prayer for you today would be that you would continue to be a man after God's own heart. Now, I've made my, the mistake of letting my mouth dry right out, so I just want to get a... Because, ND, on this special occasion... No. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, feel, I feel a song coming on. <laughs> if you know it, you can sing it with me, because I'll, I'll die after about the first line. But it's a song I love, and I, I, thinking about God's love and your, your heart. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, by my wandering heart to thee, 
Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to lead the God I love. Take my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Take my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Take his heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. There you go. Bonus song as well. <laughs> Steve, thank you. We really appreciate you being amongst us today. Um, well, I think we all need to um, uh, join in a song now as well. So uh, <laughs> let's do it with instrumentations, perhaps, this time as well. Uh, we're all going to sing, uh, Yet Not I, but Through Christ in Me. So if you're able, please do stand.
to follow Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home, and day by day I know he will renew me, until I stand with joy before the your seats. In a moment, uh, I'm going to invite ND to come and to lead you, the people of Alton Baptist Church, through some covenant promises to one another for these days, weeks, months, years ahead, I trust and pray, uh, as a pastor and people being uh, working together by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to be the expression of Christ's love in this place, in this community. What an exciting future. What an amazing season ahead. And these promises will be your promise to one another. But before I do, uh, uh, Paul alluded to the fact uh, very earlier on that uh, as regional minister, I've been quite involved with, with Alton and, and Sarah mentioned the amount of years that you've been in pastoral vacancy. I do just want to say it has been a joy and a privilege to get to know you as a church and as a fellowship. Thank you so much for the way. You invited me to your away weekend. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Uh, and to allow me to journey with you. Our, one, of, one of our core values as an association is that we walk with and watch over our churches and our pastors. That's what we feel we're called to do. And that doesn't stop at this moment. I just want to say, and hopefully that will be a comfort to you, dear folk, never mind rabble, no, dear folk from Balaam, just to reassure you, I continue to walk with and watch over, and it will be my privilege and joy going forwards. And ND uh, is now a newly accredited minister, which means uh, I particularly will walk with him as will others around the association together to encourage him as he kind of takes those steps in probationary ministry. I know, it sounds like you're already doing the stuff, but uh, that's, that's the next stage. So I'll be walking with and watching over you and the, supporting you and your family and the church going forwards. But thank you for the way you have welcomed me into getting to know you better. They're a lovely f- bunch of folk, they really Uh, and I gladly uh, commend them to you and you to them. Would you like to now come, N.D., and lead them through those covenant promises? Uh, Do you want to use this to read them all? They're up there, are they? Okay. 
So I think the way this is going to work is that I will read the words in green, in Alton green, and, um, and then uh, as a church, we'll read the words in blue together. Today, we stand with each other, recognizing Christ in our midst, affirming our faith in the God who loves us with a love that transforms us and who calls us to work for a transformed world. Today, we stand with each other, recognizing the Christ in our midst, affirming the calling of the Spirit what brought us together on this day. Today, I bring myself and the gifts I have and I covenant to serve and encourage this church and community to respect and care for you, to journey with you, to take responsibility among you, to seek God with you, to listen to God in you, and to work with you to be Christ in this world. Today we bring ourselves and the gifts we have. What kind of people does Christ call us to be? We are called to be a prophetic people, working for justice, resisting violence, and challenging the abuse of power. We are called to be an inclusive people, pulling down the walls of prejudice and welcoming the stranger. We are called to be a sacrificial people, risking uncertainty, becoming vulnerable and reflecting the generosity of God. We are called to be a missionary people, demonstrating in word and action the redeeming love of God in the world. We are called to be a worshiping people, seeking and celebrating the God who journeys with us and open to the Spirit in the whole of life. God of life, you call us and envision us. We give ourselves today to each other and to you, trusting that as you call us, so you covenant to share this journey with us, to nurture and sustain our life together and to guide our paths. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm going to invite those who are friends and representatives of the wider church. So everybody who is not a member of Alton Baptist Church now to uh, respond to these words. As friends and representatives of the wider church and community, we've heard this church and minister affirm their faith and make a covenant with each other and with God. If you will recognize and support this new relationship, then please say with me, Today we stand with you, recognizing the commitment you have made, offering our encouragement for the challenges that lie ahead of you, 
and sharing in your hope for a new day. Amen. We're coming to a time of prayer now, uh, where we're going to be able to gather around ND and Emma. Emma, would you like to come and, and join ND? Um, Steve, I think, uh, and you're coming to be part of this. Charles, is Charles coming to be part of that? I invite the uh, vision and leadership team from Alton Baptist Church to come and gather around them as well. And we're just going to lay our hands on them, if that's okay. Uh, and we're going to pray for them at this key time, at the beginning of this new season. Grab the mic off me. Come in and, uh, and gather around them. If you'd like to pray on our behalf, please indicate you'd like the mic. And uh, would you lead us? Oh, there's two. Don't go on then. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word reminds us that we are to put on the whole armor of God. And so I ask that as Andy and Emma start their day, that they would remember to put on your belt of truth. In a world of fake news, of false truth, of anything goes, may the, your belt of truth remind them that you are the father of all truth. As they put on their clothes, remind them that Jesus uh, that you are protected by their righteousness, that they are forgiven and accepted through their faith in you and you alone. As they put on their shoes, may they be aware that they're putting on the peace of God, a peace that surpasses all understanding and allows us to share your good news wherever we go. As they put on their jacket or coat, may they be reminded of your shield of faith, Allowing them to hold on to God, to you, as you hold on to them. And as they check themselves in the mirror, may they be reminded of your helmet of salvation, that they are a new creation, saved and restored by grace and belonging to you. And finally, as they grab their briefcase or handbag, whatever, may it be like your sword, the word of truth, the word of God that you've written on their hearts and that, you have the that they have the Holy Spirit with them to guide and prompt them all every day. <laughs> Heavenly Father, this is our prayer. Yes. Amen. 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 Father, thank you. Your word reminds us that nothing can separate us from your love. May that be an abiding truth. Uh, today and every day for Andy, uh, Emma, for Joshi and for Asher and for all of us as we seek to be those little Christs in the places in which you have put us. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Jesus, help us as Alton Baptist Church to be a really strong community around Andy and Emma. Please help us to see what they need by your spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, I just pray that uh, this place would become home. That... Uh, um, 
that little house down the road would be a place that uh, feels home really quickly uh, for all of them, for Asher and Joshi. Lord, that this, uh, this community uh, of Alton would feel like home. That you would be uh, bringing people into their lives um, uh, that would be uh, good and lasting friends. Uh, that, uh, yeah, yeah the, this, the, this holy environment would be somewhere where their, uh, their sense of calling to this, this place would just deepen and deepen. But, uh, yeah, for them personally, just uh, I, I, I pray that this would be home swiftly. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that um, for any and for Emma, for Asher and for Joshi, I just pray that this place will be a place where they flourish as a family. I pray for, for Indy and Emma in their marriage. I pray that um, they will remember together to make time for one another. Um, and I know uh, for Lisa and I with our children that I've always felt like you called us to, to disciple them first. So, so may they, in family life, just make that time to have fun together, to be together, and to share you with those boys um, through their family life together. God, would you anoint Andy and Emma for the work that you had them to do, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we've talked about the importance of walking with and watching over one another. But we acknowledge that ultimately it is you that we seek to walk with and watch over us. We pray that for ND and for Emma, for the family, for the church. Lord, we pray that they would all experience in a very real and tangible and exciting way your walking with them by your Holy Spirit, inspiring them, exciting them, opening their spiritual eyes to see the opportunities, the needs, and the places that they can serve you and move into and take that ground for you and for your kingdom. Lord, may this new season be a season of tremendous growth and rich fruit that will bless all who come to experience it. Lord, would you lead them and guide them clearly by your voice? Would you lift their focus to you? And Lord, would you have all the glory and all the honor as we, all of us, but particularly this family and this church family, serve you, follow you. May they be richly blessed, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Okay, Andy, stay with me. I've just got one last thing to do, really, which is to declare you the minister of Alton Baptist Church. This is your chance in a moment to clap and cheer and whoop and everything. In the name of Jesus Christ and his church here at Alton, and in the name of the Baptist Union of Great Britain, I now declare that ND has been inducted to the pastorate of this church and congregation to work with them and they with him in the ministry to which Christ has called them all. As a token of this, I now offer a hand of fellowship.
And finally, let us say together the, the blessing over them. The covenant God bind you in grace and love. The faithful God keep you faithful through all things. And the God of hope and peace sustain you in the way of Jesus this day and every day. Amen. Thank you, people. We're in the home stretch. It's okay. There is refreshments and cake and possibly ice lollies coming very soon. <laughs> but just before we get there, um, uh, as well as uh, being welcomed by Elton Baptist Church, we're privileged to be part of a wider community. And so we've asked a few people um, that represent different aspects of the community that we're part of um, if they would also uh, like to bring a word of welcome. And I'm uh, very delighted and grateful uh, that they agreed to. So we're just going to hear briefly, um, uh, firstly from uh, uh, Claire Thorpe. Uh, Claire's the head teacher here at Langley that has been our home for, for the last, last 30 years. Claire. Thank you. This is a very different congregation to the one I'm familiar with addressing <laughs> in this hall. You're a lot less fidgety and a bit more positive on the whole. It's been a challenging start to the year at Langley. Um, we've had a media storm around concrete, which, don't worry, the ceiling's not going to fall down anytime soon, I'm uh, reassured. The bells have broken, and you'll know that the building work is continuing at pace and with much chaos over the weekend, which was a bit of a challenge when we were welcoming a thousand young people back to the building this week. I am, however, incredibly proud to be the head teacher of this great school. And, and like you, I see myself in service to the school community. Langley is a wonderfully diverse and inclusive school. We have children from a range of backgrounds and religions. We have children who will compete in the next Olympics, um, learning alongside children with life-limiting diseases. Our children overcome challenges every day and they embody our school motto, to be the best we can be. On behalf of Langley School, please can I welcome you and your family to our community. I hope that we can work together to enrich the lives of the young people in our care. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire. And uh, we continue to be so appreciative of uh, uh, sharing this, this space amongst us. Um, uh, we also have uh, uh, James Bradley and Michael Carthew, uh, who are our, um, uh, local councillors here in Solihull. And uh, Michael, I'll come to you actually, uh, is just going to bring a couple of words of welcome from the local community. Oh, thank you very much. Um, my name's Councillor Michael Carthew. If you don't know me, I have been the Lib Dem councillor here, uh, one of them, uh, in Alton for a year and a bit. Um, I know how it feels to be moving into the area, as I'm also in the process of moving into Alton, so you're certainly not alone. And um, yes, um, I've had a wonderful welcome from the Alton community, and I'm sure you will as well. Um, in Solihull, we really value the diversity of our borough, and the religious diversity is one thing that we excel at, especially in Alton, where we have the Friary, St. Margaret's Church, the Alton Project, Solihull Synagogue, and of course, the Baptist Church. So we have a huge amount of communities doing amazing work and working together. We really ha value having you here with us and joining the diverse religious community of Alton. I hope that you will feel welcomed and loved by the community so you can start 
a lovely new life in Alton. So on behalf of Solihull Council, welcome to Alton. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both. Really appreciate you being here. Um, our neighbouring church um, in, in Alton is St Margaret's, just down the road, and thank you to um, uh, Tammy as well as uh, uh, Dom for being here with us. Um, we've called on Dom's services already this term, um, uh, with this building being out of action last Sunday. We had our first service uh, at St Margaret's. Um, but Dom, we really value your partnership in the Gospel in this community. Thank you very much. So, um, yes, my name is Dom. I'm the vicar from St Margaret's Church. and. Um, also, I'm part of a grouping called um, Churches Together Alton, and we've got Ian and Maureen here from, uh, from the United Reformed Church as well, and that's been a real source of blessing as we've come together with Alton Baptist and the Catholic Church as well over the years, over my time here. So I wanted to say a massive welcome to Asher, to Joshua, to Emma, and to Andy. Welcome to Alton. We're really pleased to have you. And St. Margaret's Church has been really concerned for Alton Baptist. It's not just me. We've been really wanting... We've been sort of willing you on. We've been wanting this to kind of resolve for you as well. And uh, I, I secretly thought um, when you came to worship at St. Margaret's, it wasn't just Mrs. Thorpe that did it. It was God that did it. I was glad that you came to, uh, to St. Margaret's because one of the worst things about being a vicar is that you never get to go to an, anyone else's church. So it was a real blessing to come to your church um, on Sunday afternoon last week and to, and to listen to you um, to break into song. I was really, really, really blessed coming to your, your service. Um, last week. For me, meeting together with um, other Christians from other denominations has been a little um, taste of Pentecost. Um, I think that the biggest miracle that happened in Pentecost and then later on in the household of Cornelius wasn't so much the miraculous stuff, the speaking in tongues and the miracles. The miraculous, that the big miracle of Pentecost is Christians from impossibly different backgrounds, or in those days, believers from impossibly different backgrounds coming together in a, a God-given unity that actually can't be manufactured or whipped up. It's a gift of God. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit was, was mentioned in the, um, the opening prayers. Nothing I like more than a bit of written liturgy as a Church of England minister. So I appreciated that as we started the service. But the, the, the words talked about um, the gift of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that theme came out also in the sermon, the, the last of the pebbles of King David being that gift of the Holy Spirit. So for me, um, meeting together with other Christians who are, um, in some respects, impossibly different, the Catholics, the Baptists, the Anglicans in the middle, has been a little taste of, um, of Pentecost. And, and I hope that um, as you get used to um, being uh, the, the, the pastor here, that the meeting together with other Christians um, from other churches can be a taste of Pentecost for you as well. Amen. Thank you. And, and lastly, as we, we, we mentioned, um, Alton Baptist was born from Shirley Baptist 34-ish years ago. Um, and uh, we're very grateful to have both uh, Paul Campion, a former minister of, of um, uh, Shirley Baptist with us, and your relatively shiny new minister, uh, Matt Wilson. Matt. Thank you. Never been called shiny before, but I'll take that. Um, although I'm a bit glowing, like most people in the room from the sunshine. Andy, really great, and Emma and the family, really great to welcome you into the area. Really pleased that you're here. We're going to have to talk football, Andy. We may have different opinions on that, but, um, 
But as Baptists, I want to, with a local group, I want to really welcome you to the area. We're really pleased, delighted that you're here. We're going to get to know more of you as a family. We're going to enjoy your company. And uh, as a group of Baptists, we meet together, we pray, we discuss, we, we journey together in faith and in ministry. And, and Steve, it was a bit of a flashback to hear you preach. Uh, 23 years ago, or 20-odd years ago, I was at Ballon Baptist for for my time at Spurgeon's College, and and to hear you preach, Steve, was a flashback. You're still as good as ever. Um, And uh, and also, just to see the coach draw in from uh, from London, from Ballon, 23 years ago, I had my ordination induction, and a coach from Ballum came to a village in Cambridge here, and that village in Cambridge didn't know what hit it. It was, uh, 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 and I was sent out with BMS World Mission. Well, I don't know whether Alton knows what's hit it, but when Ballum comes, you know that God's presence is here. And, uh, uh, and it's great to be together as God's people, whether it be from Ballum or locally or other parts, and you've expressed it so well about Pentecost, about what it means to be together, and hearing the phrase about being partners in the gospel. Andy, I'm really looking forward to being a partner in the gospel with you, to learn from you, even though you're on the start of your journey, and, um, and other ministers, Baptist ministers, and from other denominations, we're going to journey with you and learn from you as you learn from us. So welcome, looking forward to it, looking forward to all that's going to happen in store here at Alton. It's going to be great, so God bless you. Thank you all. Much appreciated. Um, let's uh, close. There's just two more things. We, we're going to sing a song together in worship. Um, uh, and then we're going to take a photo, if that's all right, because it would be quite nice to capture the moment. So don't all dash off as soon as the song finishes. Um, Sarah, would you like to close our time? Thank you. Uh, we're going to sing um, Joy in the House of the Lord, um, because there is so much joy here, and God is with us. Um, So if you are able, please do stand. Of the Lord. 
the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. The Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on the cross. Then he rose up from the grave, my God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place. seat. Uh, band, could I get you to kind of occupy front row or kind of like over there? Because I'd love to include you in this. Um, uh, just to let you know, I'm about to take a picture. Um, please do cover your face if you really don't want to be in the, the photo, but it would be lovely to see you all. Um, af after that, um, uh, we're going to make our way back out to the field where refreshments and in particular cake uh, will be waiting for us. Um, so uh, I know it's been a long and hot afternoon, but we'd love you to join us if that's possible. Right, hold still. I'm going to put a microphone down and take a photo.
Thank you, thank you once again for joining us this afternoon. It's been such a pleasure and privilege having you with us. And please do go enjoy cake. Thank you.